0: Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. For those who don't know uh, the Law Enforcement Today show, if you're joining for the very first time, we try to provide a platform for law enforcement officers to tell their stories. Also, EMTs, first responders, um, there's a lot of things that the news doesn't do a very good job at reporting. And I'll give you an example. They'll say an officer was injured in a shootout or whatever. And they'll say, the good news is uh, it's not life-threatening injuries and expected to be okay. And that's the end of the story. And they don't talk about how life-changing these things are. They don't talk about the lack of support from the cities, the counties, the state. They don't talk about the poor treatment by the cities, the counties, and the state and a lot of people, even those actively in law enforcement, don't understand how bad it can be. And Mark, unfortunately, that's kind of your story, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When you were a young rookie police, I'm sure you were told what I was told. We've got your back, we'll take care of you. If the worst scenario happens, we'll take care of you. You're gonna be your family'll be okay, they'll be taken care of.
1: That's exactly it. Yeah, I mean, you come out of the academy, and you're ready to go, and uh, you're told, hey, if if something happens, you know, we're going to take care of your family. And I believe, you know, you believe that throughout your career.
2: And
0: until I went through what I did, and my case is not as extreme as a lot of people's cases— and until I started talking with a lot of officers who were severely injured in the line of duty and the, the horrible treatment they've received and are still receiving by workers' comp, by the state, by the county, the cities, we're just as oblivious to this as the general public.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean that's the, I mean, to come to find out now,, you, I, I believe my family would be taken care of um, if I had died in the line of duty.
0: And the sad um, truth is so many, so many of the people we talked to in the Law Enforcement Day show have all said my family would have been much better off if I had died and not survived.
1: Yes. I mean, I just found that information out by uh, talking to um, Mario Oliveira from uh, Great VIDO interview, 91. by the way.
0: If you have not heard it, uh, you can listen to him on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, the radio show. You'll find past episodes right there. Mario, uh, great interview, cop in Massachusetts, outside of Boston, shot six times at a forty caliber uh, and, and yes. died twice in the hospital yes. and has been put through the mill by the, the city, the town, the state.
1: Right. So it's shocking when you start to learn that you are valued more dead than alive. And it's Your t- life mattered more if you died.
0: Brother, you are so right. We, we heard that from Debbie Rizal. Uh, wife of a uh, police officer, Phil Roselle from Norwalk, Connecticut. You know He was shot accidentally at work and workers' comp has given him the runaround. Uh, th- they don't want to pay for treatments. They don't want to pay for anything. They've denied him coverage twice. He's getting it now. And and it's just a long, prolonged, agonizing battle. Uh, we've talked about Kay Reyna and her husband, Umberto Reyna, North Carolina State Police. We've talked about April Phillips and her husband, Rich Phillips, a police officer in Pennsylvania, uh, both with traumatic brain injuries, and and they have gone through every horrible, unimaginable circumstance you could imagine with workers' compensation
1: insurance. Correct. I mean, mine's a little bit different of a story because I wasn't shot in the line of duty um i'm struggling from ptsd from from 22 years and of you're 30.
0: not alone with that brother i mean it, 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 research says about 30% of a minimum 30% of our absolutely. first responders are walking around with this and absolutely. i think it's worse for retirees
1: absolutely i mean you got retirees out there that had no idea going through their career they were going to end up like that they're struggling they're wondering what's going on why am i feeling this way um because I, I know when I started, you know, we were told we don't talk about it. You deal with it here, you don't bring it right. home.
0: Well, we were always told, and I say it all the time, and it's become like a catchphrase. It, we were told, suck it up, buttercup. That's what you were told to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Go have yep. some beers. Talk to the guys at, on the parking lot after work.
1: Yeah, you want to go have some beers with the guys? That's where you take care of it. And, and you it decompri- the and, alcohol that's, abuse. and that
0: stuff <laughs> helped to some degree. However, the, the self-medicating with alcohol became uh, a problem for many of us. So I want you to do me a favor before we continue. I, I noticed sure. you said one thing, and I'm going to have to take a task on it. You said, I wasn't shot. Mine was just PTSD, as if somehow right, or another. that's that,
1: that incident envy that uh, that bounces around. You know, that's what I call it. Incident envy, where ah, mine's not as bad as yours. Right, well, I've I do that, that too. Yeah, I did that too.
0: And I had a great interview with uh, police officer, retired officer from uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Kemmer's first name. Uh, Schechter is his last name. He's on first forty-eight. And he was rear-ended in his patrol car and it was fully engulfed in flames. And he's burned over most of his body. And he really took me to task about don't compare the, the the injuries you received to mine. You know, we both got injured. We neither one of us signed up for it, and they both impacted our lives to some degree or another. Uh, it's like right. comparing apples and oranges. We're both injured, and we both served admirably. And for me to do that would be. A disservice to the people I worked with, and for you do that, it would be a disservice for you and a service of those of your agency as well. So,
1: Absolutely. I would agree.
0: And post traumatic stress disorder, I wish they would. This is my own personal opinion. I'm not a doctor, I'm not an expert. I don't play one on the radio. I wish they would change it to post traumatic stress injury. Injury. Yes. Because that's really what it is. It, when your brain is constantly exposed like our first responders in America are nowadays uh, or have been for the last 20, 30 years, to constant nonstop trauma and violence, your brain is going to be damaged. The way you react to things is going to change. If, if you or I break our arm in a line of duty and you have to have surgery to have it reset, it some pins and screws and all that stuff, it may heal. You may be able to do almost everything you did before, but no one in the right mind expects that arm to be the same as it was before the energy. No. And yet right. we do that with the brain all the time. We think, ah, oh, I should be able to think my way out of this.
1: Until you can. You know, until there's that point in time when you hit rock bottom. And, and unfortunately, in reality, you know, the only out is for me to end my life.
0: And that's uh, not acceptable. Yeah, and... and I know that right now there are people listening that are in that boat. And I I say this all the time, too. You know, I'm sure when you were young police or you're in the academy or we had yearly in-service training. And one thing they kept drilling into our brains is no matter how bad the scenario you're in, no matter how bad the situation with your police officer, sheriff, firefighter, whatever it might be. If you are in a life and death battle, the one thing you cannot do is you cannot give up. You have to stay in the fight. Yep. And it's the same yep. with post-traumatic stress disorder. You got to stay in the fight because backup is around the corner.
1: You find that out. You do. You eventually, if you can stick it out and 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 believe that there's others out there, you're going to find them. I found them. I found the help. Um, We're taking a short it with break. With any help from from my department.
0: We're talking to uh, Mark Miller, and we're going to talk about his status as a police officer, a post-traumatic stress disorder, what caused it, and where he's at now. you listen, to Law Enforcement Today Show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. We all know that law enforcement... for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center.
2: tax laws can help you. Plus, right now, we'll waive the consultation fee and give you our free tax savings report. Attention business owners, the self-employed, and W-2 workers. Make this free call to the tax doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. 663 5107 That's 800-663-5107. Americans are going crazy for a new Italian diet pill that burns three times more fat than dieting alone. And the next 100 callers get three bottles for free. Sold under the brand name Invigorate 3X, this powerful pill triggers metabolic acceleration, a process that's deficient to most Americans, making weight loss a hassle. But a new study shows 30 pounds gone in 90 days with just two capsules a day. Julie B. of Nashville says, I was skeptical, but when I saw a famous doctor made it, I decided to try it. I was shocked. I lost 16 pounds in six weeks. For a limited time, our listeners get three free bottles with a qualifying order. Call 1-800-932-1786 now to get started. Call in the next 10 minutes and also get a free bottle of the doctor's Ultra Detox. And don't forget your free 14-day diet fix. No obligation and 100% free when you call right now. 800-932-1786 800-932-1786 The Law Enforcement
0: Today radio show is brought to you in part by Left Chest Society t-shirts from honor-line.com These unique tombstone-themed T-shirts are designed by a career law enforcement officer, art by one of the nation's top artists. Check them out online at honor-line.com. Get one or get all three. Use promo code LET at checkout at honor-line.com and get 10% off. Go to honor-line.com and use promo code L-E-T at checkout to save 10%. That's Left Chess Society t-shirts only at honor-line.com. Use promo code L-E-T to save 10%. That's promo code L-E-T at honor-line.com. Back to our conversation with Mark Miller. This is a law enforcement today's show. And I I say, you know, I I introduce you to Mark Miller because I'll be honest with you. I don't know what to call you. I don't know what your status is. Retired, former, active?
1: No, I'm still active. I'm, uh, I've am i been off on workers comp since uh, September of 2017 when I had a, a mental breakdown, we'll call it. And I was sent to the city of Grand Rapids, our police psychologist for fit for duty testing. Um, so I went through his testing and he looked at me and said, yeah, you're done you're not fit for duty anymore. You've had a great 22-year career. Um, In 2013, I was police officer of the year. Things were going well for me for a while, (laughs) for a long while. And uh, And then the bottom just started falling out. And I couldn't figure out what was going on, Jay. I had no idea. I knew something was wrong, but I was spiraling. And I ended up getting picked up for a DUI in 2016. And that's
0: not uncommon
1: at all. Right. Right. And, uh, and so I, in 2017, um, I had hit rock bottom and I was going to end my life. Um, and that's a whole nother story. But uh, I didn't. Um, the grace of God, I didn't do it. And, uh, and here I am today.
0: Well, I'm from one, and very, very glad you did not. Uh, we have had guests on the show, spouses of officers who did commit suicide, who we're going through remarkably similar situations where they had developed post-traumatic stress disorder were self-medicating with alcohol were drinking too much got out of control got pulled over got arrested for DWI and their their response to that was the way to handle it was to kill themselves and that unfortunately happens quite often uh it's some people use the term epidemic. It's been a, a, a problem with first responders in America for a very long time. This is not new.
1: No, no. And I, I, I knew enough after that incident that something was wrong mentally. And I had had a sit down with uh, with my deputy chief and, uh, and a captain at the time and had told them, listen, some, something's got to be done. We're not doing enough for mental health at this department. Um, and it kind of fell on deaf ears at the time. I think they're trying to make some changes now. I mean, I haven't been around there, and I haven't had any contact with them, but uh, through the rumor mill, I'm hearing that things might be changing, and that's great if it is.
2: It's um, about time.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just battling my own uh, uh, things now as far as uh, trying to retire. Uh, I'm trying to go out on a duty disability, which is what the city doctor recommended, um, and I'm struggling through that process because uh, it's, it's a no-win situation right now for me. It, at least that's how I feel.
0: I'm sure it is. We're going to take a, sh- a brief break here because I talk about for those first responders out there who are struggling with things like substance abuse, uh, co-occurring mental health disorders, PTSD, all that sort of stuff. Uh, one of our partners, Transformations Treatment Center down here in South Florida, has a phenomenal first responder, military, veteran, law enforcement segment where they're therapists, are combat veterans, are law enforcement officers, uh, and they're treated with respect and dignity. If you are or you know someone who's struggling with those issues, uh, give them a call at 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. And I've met these people, phenomenal group and doing phenomenal things. So you're trying to get retired.
1: Trying to uh, get my 72% duty disability pension. Um, I ended my career in the detective unit. I was uh, a, assigned to an ICAC Internet Crimes Against Children um, task force at the time with the Michigan State Police, and uh, and that's 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 overwhelming. Um, but the last seven years of my career, I, I pretty much handled uh, sex crimes against children. Um, and, and like the city doctor said, he's like that kind of pushed pushed the the water out of the cup. That was kind of the, it overflowed at that yeah. point.
0: And I, I don't know if any law enforcement officer can handle that stuff for, for a prolonged period of time. If, if there's things that haunt me, it's the crimes that happen to children. Absolutely.
1: Um,
0: and I don't know if anybody, no matter how hard they were, no matter how tough and gruff the exterior was, no matter how great of an investigator they were, that, that certain cases didn't hit them you know, and break all their armor apart and get them deep down inside.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's what, you know, I would come home and my wife, God bless her, you know, she would try to talk to me. She knew, my family, my kids knew, they knew stuff was wrong and they would want to talk to me. And I would just isolate and shut it down and I'll talk to you later. I knew I was never going to talk about it. Um, And so I just kept burying it and burying it and burying it and becoming more depressed and more anxious and isolated. And um, it's a very tough you mentioned the brain injuries. It's like a concussion over yeah. and over and over again.
0: Yeah. And it's just not something that's solvable on their own. But And I'll repeat it again. It does get much, much better for those who are struggling. Uh, Absolutely. Profoundly better.
1: Most, I thought most- I was alone for so long, Jay, oh, yeah. that nobody else knew what I was going through. And now, a year later, a year out of that environment... There's so many people out there that are great, wonderful people that have been there. You know, Phil Rosell and Mario and you. I mean, there's so much help out there yeah. um, that it's kind of it's kind of an awesome thing that these injured officers are starting to find each other. And we're also, from all over the country.
0: We're getting a lot of uh, mental health professionals who have become very, very skilled at this. Uh, Stephanie Kahn, Dr. Stephanie Kahn, who's also a former law enforcement officer on the West Coast. Uh, Tina Jakel. Uh, and Northeast Florida, and that's just name a few. There's so many out there that.
1: Oh yeah, have I mean, I was sent to this. the. Uh, I was sent to the West Coast Post Trauma Retreat out in uh, in California last March, and I spent a week there with some wonderful first responders only, and it, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I still keep in touch with them today. And so the help's out there.
0: Do you think that that made a big difference being in an environment where it was? solely from first responders?
1: Absolutely. Not only first responders, but first responders and people that I didn't know. They weren't going to judge me. You know, I could go tell my story, and I could be open about it and honest, and I I wasn't worried that this person knew me or was going to say something, you know. And and now I'm to the point where I don't care. I'll talk to anybody anywhere. Um, But that was comforting, knowing that I'm going to hear stories from people I don't know, and I'm going to share stories with them. Um, and that they were all first responders, whether it's dispatchers, firefighters, paramedics, or police. It was it was a wonderful experience with people that were all struggling with the same thing.
0: And they they get us in a way that other people can't. Absolutely. Not yep. that the people don't
1: try; they do.
0: But it's just it, it's like uh, trying to put put your shoes on the opposite feet and try walking well, for a while. It, yeah, Trying to can, relate to what it's like to be a law enforcement officer, a first responder to someone who's never done it, I can, I can I can't explain it to people.
1: No, and you can tell people that listen. What I do and what I see every day isn't normal. You know, we're dealing with the 1% of society, that bad 1%, 100% of the time. Right. But people don't understand that. You know, they're, they don't understand that you're seeing dead babies, you're seeing dead bodies, you're dealing with the worst of the worst, and it wears on you. And, it, you know, the nightmares come, and you're waking up, and you're sweating, and you don't know why. Yeah. Um,
0: and it, it does. And there's the irritability, there's the withdrawal, oh, you mentioned, isolating, uh, yes. arguing, uh, domestic yes. disputes, drinking too much, all that goes hand in hand with this.
1: Absolutely. And my wife would be able to attest to every one of those, I mean, so many different symptoms. Um, my memory loss, That at the, towards the end of my career, I couldn't figure out why I was starting to have problems not remembering things, I was always a very organized detective. And it was starting to slip away, and it, that became frustrating, you know, as well as many, many other things that I would complain about. Um, I'd wake up in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., and with nightmares, and I would just go into work. That was my, that was my mo. Forget it. I'm just going to go into work and start my day.
0: Can't get back to sleep. Might as well just keep on going.
1: Yeah. It's you know, when I was at work, I was on task, you know, and you can you can get yourself back in that zone. When I was at home. I was miserable. I was depressed. I didn't want to go back to work, but I wasn't going to sleep because I was going to wake up with a nightmare.
3: So stuck
0: between the rock and the proverbial hard You're place. Stuck
1: between the rock, and then you start. You know, I ended up going to the to the doctor, and I'm I'm put on Ambien, which is terrible. Yeah. Well, um, let's you know, do I'm this. Put on the let's take a break.
0: We're going to rejoin the conversation with Mark Miller in just a few moments. We're going to talk about uh, the incidents that really tipped him over the edge we're going to talk about what the current situation is for him uh, with trying to retire and also where he's gotten help from PTSD you listen to law enforcement today's show we'll to take a short break we'll be right back
3: are you working so hard to make a living you can't take time to make any real money is every day the same boring routine going nowhere and the money runs out before the month? My name is Ron Legrand and for over 35 years now I've been helping clients take their life back by buying and selling houses with no money, credit, experience, or license. If you'll call 800-956-0677 24 hours and leave a message, I'll send you my new book and CD absolutely free so you can see how. I've bought hundreds of houses and trained thousands to do the same. Call 800-956-0677 and get your free starter kit until 500 are gone. You'll learn how to make a full-time income on a part-time basis without risk, largely tax-free, and get 90% of the work done for you for pennies. That's 800-956-0677. 800-956-0677. Again, 800-956-0677. That's 800-956-0677. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800 948
2: 6817. 800 948 6817. 800 948 6817. That's 800 948 6817.
0: The Law Enforcement Today radio show has grown so much and so rapidly. We now have two Facebook pages. You can do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. That's a new page. Be sure to click like when you get there and follow. In addition, we have our main page, which is Law Enforcement Today. So do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today and be sure to click like and follow that one as well when you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Back to the Law Enforcement Today show. Joining us on the phone from Michigan, Mark Miller. Mark, thanks for joining us. You talk about things that really are not comfortable to talk about. You're talking about PTSD. You're talking about where you're at now you're talking about how it's affected you and your family and you're talking about trying to retire let's backtrack a little bit and you mentioned briefly that you were working on uh, crimes against children sex crimes against children which is a tough 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 assignment but someone has to do it and I appreciate you doing that I I don't think I could do that or was there a certain incident that kind of uh, pushed you over Uh, the edge
1: I don't think that there was a certain one incident i had worked on a fbi task force a few years um, prior to that and and that was for child exploitation as well and there were a couple doozy incidents with that um with some some area hotels that uh are landmarks for me because of things that happened there that that i was exposed to um And so I try to avoid those areas. Um, And then the the ICAC task force was just images after images after images of bad stuff that uh, makes you really, really suspicious and it makes you, you know, really worry about your own kids as well as others and um, causes a lot of stress.
2: It
0: must also contribute to a feeling of of powerlessness because there's you want to you want to save all these kids you want to prevent that from happening to anybody's children right. uh, most, most importantly your own and after a period of time in law enforcement no matter how good your intentions no matter how good you are as a cop you can't do it
1: you can't nope and that, in that, you know, I, I, I talk about my wife because I truly believe this woman saved my life. She finally stepped in and talked to my captain. I went to the hospital thinking I was having a heart attack one day. My blood pressure was like 170 over 120, and I was on blood pressure medication. And he came to the house finally, and I was going to talk him into letting me go back to work, and she finally stepped in and said, listen, he's not okay. This is what's been going on, and that... That was it. That was the last day that I ever worked, um, and so I thank her for that. She's uh, she's a she's a saint, as far as I'm concerned. She saved my life, um, but she also witnessed, and and we talk about families. They're secondary, you know, to all of this. They're they're taking on just as much trauma through yes. me.
0: <clears throat> yeah, they're catching it. Yes. And no matter how hard that person tries, that that is uh, afflicted, it spills out on other people.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Un- absolutely unavoidable, and it's so common, and yet every, everybody I've talked to that's married, that's been diagnosed with this PTSD thing, uh, and is struggling at home, and almost every one of them, too, uh, a man and woman says, I felt so guilty and so ashamed about how I was behaving.
1: Oh, absolutely. The things that I put them through, I'm ashamed of. You know, at times, I, I, I feel like I wasn't a, a very good dad or a very good husband, for sure, um, just because of how I isolated myself or my anger outbursts yep. towards my kids or, you know. And it's all stuff that I couldn't prevent. I didn't know how to. Um, it's so it was because commonplace I
0: wasn't, with so many people. Yeah. You know, Hollywood uh, portrays this image of, of people with PTSD as being psychopaths who are out of control who live in the woods yeah. who can't get along with anybody and they they've got like knives all over them and and they they will kill people left and right. You know, <laughs> right. And and that's so far from the truth for, you know, 99.95% of the people afflicted with this. It's not like that at all.
1: No. No, not at all. It's, you know, that's the last thing that I want. I want to be by myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to go out. I don't want to go downtown. I don't, you know, you start to slowly crawl into that hole. And, and I'm telling you, do everything you can to, to not do that. That's.
0: You know, well, one of the things I, too, speaking of Hollywood, you know, it's almost impossible to watch any type of cop movie or cop show, a drama, and they'll always have at least one or two guys. You know, it's, he's a knockdown, drag out drunk. Uh, he has a couple divorces has alimony payments to two has child support to two or three kids. He never sees the kids and he's you know foul mouthed ill tempered and doesn't get along with anybody and You know when I watch those things now, you know they portray him as a a boozing no good guy and I look at those guys now and I say that's an injured sick person
1: oh isn't it amazing you can you can see something on the news now with an officer involved in something, and you can say that guy's in trouble, yeah. Um, And that's what happened with me. When I was on the news for being picked up for DUI, I had friends that were like, "Uh uh-oh, he's in trouble. You know, they they, they had been through the PTSD themselves. You know, after the fact, they came to me and said, I knew you were in trouble when that happened.
0: And that's a big, big warning sign. You know, and, and for so many people, that happens, and it's so preventable. If we could just get them to say, something's not right, I need some help. Absolutely.
1: How how do we change the way that we're doing things we need to you know right now we're having debriefs after traumatic incidents uh, you know like an officer involved shooting but there's so many other things that are bothering officers that they don't get to vent they don't get to let it out they don't they don't get to be normal Um, you know it's okay to cry if you if you're you know at the scene of a dead baby it's fine you know that's normal talk about it you know and that's what we're not doing nowadays is we're not talking about it and that's got to change
0: and i think that there's one to some degree we have to get our agencies our departments uh, from the from the head down the top down to be more proactive when it comes to these things and many of them are but you and i as law enforcement people i think that we're missing the boat we're not talking to each other the way we should
1: no i mean my department's not talking to me period
0: and that's that's what happens. And what right. I, I, I say that you know when an officer gets messed up with PTSD or, or physically in, severely injured, what winds up happening for them and their family members is, and I'm not defending them, but I'm trying to explain that so often we're so concerned that we're going to say or do the wrong thing that we won't say anything at all, and we just don't talk to them. right. And the other one is, well, that could happen to me. If it could happen to Mark, it could happen to me, and I don't want, I don't want to even admit that's a possibility.
1: hmm Yep, there's that fear, you know. There's that fear that, in my eyes, um, that people will see me, um, or the department fears maybe that people will see me and figure out that maybe they got some of the same stuff going on. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, let's get them some help. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: I can guarantee uh, that there's a significant portion of every department out there I'm talking about the big cities, and I'm talking about the rural uh, law enforcement agencies also. Just because it's rural and they don't have as much violent crime, they see as much as a, a city cop who's exposed it all the time because there's so far few, less of them. Yeah, and, and backup is a long, long, long ways away for those guys and gals. So that, that oh, they yeah. really, every one of them is walking around to some degree or another injured.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we didn't have that problem uh, in Grand Rapids. It's just, it was a, a big enough city where backup was always there. But uh, right, absolutely, I can, I can agree with that, though.
0: And one of the things that, you know, so many departments talk about, they're so understaffed, they have such a hard time recruiting people. And then when they get someone on the job, they have a really hard time retaining them and keeping them on the job. Either they go to another department with better pay, better working situation, yeah. I mean, better a, benefits. That's a
1: nationwide problem right now with just trying to recruit people. I mean, you're just getting annihilated in the public right now. Police are just the enemy to everybody. Nobody wants to do the job anymore. So, you you know, you struggle with staffing numbers, and they get less and less and less. I think my department's at least 100 officers less than when I hired on. Um, and so that then you're bearing more weight on these officers, more more.
0: More stress, more trauma, and it gets worse and worse. We're going to take a short break. We're talking with Mark Miller. You're listening to the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformation's Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformation's Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformation's Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists, helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888 991 9725 online at transformationstreatment.center.
3: Driving means freedom. Exploration. Fun. Pride. Flexibility. Protection. Friendship. Independence.
2: (laughs) Distracted driving means. Danger. Recklessness. Irresponsible.
3: Chaos. Police. Devastation. Injuries. Death. Safe driving means staying alert and staying alive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council.
0: Back to the Law Enforcement today's show. Joining us, Mark Miller, calling us from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mark is a 22-year veteran of the Grand Rapids Police Department. And we, we talked about it. Your status is you're not retired yet. You're, you're not active. What, what do we call you?
1: Uh, I'm off on workers' comp. Um, I'm, I'm no longer getting 100%. Uh, I think I'm at 80% now. Um, and I've applied for a duty disability pension retirement, which which I'm in the process of. But they are putting me through the ringer. Um, I, I would have thought that... 22 years of service meant something, um, I'm starting to feel otherwise. I feel like I'm kind of being set up by my retirement system that they don't, uh, they don't want to give it to me.
0: You have to fight tooth and nail, you have to get lawyers, you, it, it's really it's a, a big ugly fight. And for those of you who think, you know, I got retired on what we call it 66 and two thirds, physical disability from the line of duty oh. injury, you know, you think, and I thought, hey, it will be easy street after that, well it's not. It, right. You know, even when you get the pension, it's sixty six and two thirds of your pay, but it's your health still insurance less than goes. It's what up. I was
1: planning on retiring exactly. of. And, and, and you wind <laughs> yeah. up paying a
0: lot more in health insurance, so what you take home is far less, and your ability to work and make the make it up difference wise in a lot of places is extremely limited by their rules. Right. How'd you describe so, your your situation with
1: them right now? How how difficult is it? Well, I mean, I've been to, gosh, Jay, I think I've been to probably 12 different doctors. Um, On my own, probably nine. Um, The pension, they they have sent me to three different doctors, which the first doctor that I went to in Detroit um, told me that I got what I signed up for. He sat there and he told me, you signed up for it, you got what you deserve.
0: Got what you deserve.
1: yeah, I mean, I threw, I said, no, I didn't. I threw a fit when I heard that, and and uh, and the and I complained to the pension board, and they disqualified that guy. And in turn, they sent me to another doctor in Detroit. Now, Grand Rapids has plenty of doctors here, you know, we've got a huge medical field in society, but the pension board, for some reason, is using these doctors over in Detroit.
0: How far away is that?
1: It's about three hours.
0: <laughs> Three-hour drive to go see a doctor yeah. when there's...
1: they They go see a doctor for 20 minutes
0: oh that's craziness (laughs)
1: I've I've spent 20 minutes in these doctor's offices and they're able to evaluate me and tell me you know whatever it is that they say so the second it was the same experience with the second doctor I I I became a little more smart with the third doctor because I recorded him without him knowing Um, and I and I caught him on all kinds of stuff you know that he hated the police and um, he actually sat there and talked to me about how he's harassed by the police all the time and You know these are the doctors that they're using and so when i go to these pension meetings trying to fight for my my disability they they almost don't want to hear it they don't care they sit there and then they you know and they and they continue to put me through the same thing is
0: it because it's uh mental and not physical
1: oh absolutely i mean you can't. i don't have an x-ray in front of me showing my neck's broke or you know my shoulder's blown out it's a mental thing. But what I do have is 10 other doctors or psychologists who have all written reports for me who are all on the same page. I have the city of Grand Rapids doctor, the doctor that's hired to hire officers. He's on my side. They don't care. They don't, he, that his opinion means nothing. Even though the city of Grand Rapids values his opinion right. in hiring officers and deeming if they're fit for duty, to the pension board, his, his opinion means nothing. That's when it gets frustrating.
0: The VA has been, and even with all their shortcomings over the past 20, 30 years, they are far more proactive when it comes to treatment of PTSD and acceptance of this. On a federal level, they're far more accepting of it than we are on state and and local levels. Do you have any reason or explanation why that's the case?
1: don't, I mean, I don't know if it's the amount of soldiers that are coming home nowadays with PTSD, which to be honest with you, I still think the police are uh, more than that. I mean, I think I've heard that soldiers returning home from service are around 11% maybe uh, with PTSD. And, and like you said, I mean, police, you'll never know the number for police because we keep it quiet, you know, and it's up to 30% maybe.
0: And I, I think a lot of it has to do with dollars and cents. Oh.
1: If I, I would absolutely agree with you there.
0: And one of the things I no. hear all the time is that, you know, let's just say some command staff or city hall will sit there and say, we don't want to give so-and-so a retirement because what if they're faking?
1: <laughs> right. Which makes well, no I mean, sense at all. In my case, you know, I'm told that, hey, if you get it, you know, one of, the, one of the qualifications is that it has to be permanent. So one of these doctors has to agree that it's, that I have PTSD and it's permanent. But then they still are going to test me for the next five years until I'm 45, until I'm 50. Well, why are you going to test me if, if it's permanent? Well, it might change. Okay. I have you know? never,
0: I've never heard of someone saying that it, it's a temporary condition. I've heard people say it becomes very manageable. It doesn't dominate their lives like it used to. Absolutely, I've heard it gets so much better. I've never heard someone say, "Oh, I'm cured."
1: No, and I would, I would agree. I don't think that I'll ever be cured, but I'm baffled by the fact that you're requiring my doctors to tell you that it's permanent but then you're not believing the doctors because you're telling me that I'm going to be tested for the next five years again anyways.
0: And you're so a you're 22 con- year veteran of this agency. It's not like you came on a job in three years. Oh, I moved a file cabinet. I messed up my back and now I'm retired. Right. Because you and I both know guys have done that. <laughs> right. We've known people right. that fell out of chairs. You oh, know. absolutely. And I'm I not mean, saying I, they weren't injured I'm just saying they didn't they didn't put in a lot of time nope. and they didn't put a lot of time on the street and it didn't go through what so many other people did that are fought every step of the way and, and not believed and treated horribly by their agencies when it comes to PTSD alone or PTSD even with physical injuries. Yeah, it's like I mean, it, it's and, a free they for are
1: fighting they are fighting every step of the way. Every step, and of it's life.
0: as if they're oh, it's okay. It's an invitation to just tee off on that man or woman.
1: Well, it's that, and it's it's almost like they're scaring others, you know. Because I mean, there's others out there that probably are thinking about you know maybe retiring, and they don't want to go through it. They, you know, people see the hell that I'm in, and they, I mean, trust me, I've had people that are coming to me wanting to know what this process is like. I, you know, I keep telling them, buckle up. Because you're in for the long haul if you if you try this, I, I will say this:
0: if you go to someone in your agency and you talk to them about it, it, it's going to be difficult. If you're if you're having problems and you want answers, again, I'm referring to call the folks at Transformations Treatment Center. Uh, they're they're highly specialized veterans, first responder, law enforcement segment. Their number is eight 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 nine nine one nine seven two five. They can answer all your questions. They can explain FMLA. They can explain. Anonymity and all the things, and if you're struggling, do before it gets really, really bad.
1: Absolutely, I mean the biggest thing is is that I really want to hit home is that man, you are not alone. I'm telling you, you're not. There, that was the most comforting thing, and as sad as it is for me to say that, it was so comforting to find other people that were suffering. And I don't mean it in a bad way. It was just an it was an eye opener. And I wasn't alone. It was like I could take a deep breath. Like, okay, I'm not crazy.
0: Did it add a sense of validity to what you're going through?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, All the same symptoms. And, you know, it did. It completely validated that this is real. It it happened to me. I wouldn't wish this on anybody. Um, And I wish I would have prevented it. I wish I would have talked to my wife early on and took steps to talk to somebody.
0: And that's the thing. Uh, some of the guests we've had on the show are talking about treating uh, proactively uh, these officers and giving them tools that so they can better manage the traumatic stress so they don't want to being as adversely affected.
1: Yep. And, that's, and, and we've got that going on now. Um, we've started a support group. Uh, there's, there's probably ten of us, maybe seven, um, with our therapist, who hopefully will, will get in contact with you because she's doing some seriously neat things. Um, to help officers out there, and what she does is amazing, and so we 've started this group and we 're meeting, and some of them are active and and some of them are retired but it's we 're getting together, and people aren't we 're not afraid to talk and you should you know, we be. all have problems
0: and one of the great things about that, and I going to go wrap it up is that getting rid of this feeling of shame and um, uh, And just beating ourselves up for not being able to handle it better than we did. Everybody does the best you can with what you got at the time. Mark Miller, thank you so very much for being a guest on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Very much appreciated. Thanks, Jay. If you want to tell your story, we'd love to have you as a guest on the Law Enforcement Today Show. We made it so easy to get a hold of us, too. There's many different ways. Go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. You can contact us on our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. Heck, send me an email. My email address is J, that's J A Y, at law com. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here at Law Enforcement Today. On behalf of everyone associated with the show and the website, this is John J. Wiley. Until next time, see ya.